step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. We're going to hear the ladies' voice. This meeting is being recorded. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Sports on the Positive Tip podcast. This is Kenny and... Kenny Squared. And we are ready to talk some sports today in our normal slot here. So, Kenny, how you doing? I'm doing good. Um, Our mask mandate was lifted Wednesday, so... I'm super excited about that. We got to go to the movies and not have to wear a mask. It was great. Now, I got to ask you, those times you went to the movies with a mask, did you leave it on during the whole movie? No, we only <laughs> went to one and it was before um, before the mask mandate was there. Okay. I don't, I don't remember the name of it, but okay. um, but yeah, we were also, it was only us and like another couple on the other side of the theater. So yeah, yeah. We're like, no, nah, we don't. Well, no, that's good. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. Um, the mask mandate is pretty much, you know, there's still some places that, that ask you to wear a mask as you come in. But, you know, I went to Target yesterday and I, I, I didn't on purpose because I'm like two, three weeks now fast, full inoculation. Um, but I, I realized about five minutes in that I didn't have my mask on and it was totally fine. There weren't many people with masks on. Um, anyway, so, all right, let's jump right in. I, I got to ask you about your Yankees. What is going on? I, I mean, uh, you know, not, you got to have a good showing national television tonight, but what's going on? The Rays, the Red Sox, these are teams that they're going to have to beat. Yeah, well, they're three and nine in their last 12 games. That's coming off of a it's so weird how things can change so quickly. Yeah. They were coming off of the sweep of the White Sox. Everyone was like, yeah, this team is back. And just like that, last 12 games, they just haven't been there. Um, one of the things is they've really given up a lot of runs on the base pass. Actually, the Yankees lead the league in giving up the most runs on the base pass, whether that's like caught stealing, okay. whether that's like a guy getting thrown out the plate, guy getting thrown out at second. They... The Yankees are a slow team in general. They don't have anyone in the hundred in the top one hundred as far as speed goes and like all the metrics they use. Mm-hmm. But like it's just been it's been a struggle there. The pitching the, the last couple of weeks, Garrett Cole hasn't been that good. There's rumors that like baseball has put out a mandate like that if you use foreign substances, you're gonna get suspended. 
people think because he's been struggling recently, he stopped using it. I don't know. I'm not going to get into that. Wow. Uh, the bullpen, which usually is good. Yeah. Um, bullpen blew it yesterday. Chad Green gave up four runs against the Red Sox. Um, I could go on. I'm going to try to stick to a few positive things here. Okay. After all, that's what we do, right? Right. Um, first, I think getting a split of Tampa Bay is actually really good. Yeah. Um, the Yankees have struggled mightily against Tampa Bay the last couple of years. Also, they're on their best stretch in team history when they were going into New York. They had won 16 of 18. They've never had a stretch like that in their franchise history. And they were able to take two of them with, I think, one of their best wins of the season. Clint Frazier leading the way with a game-saving dive and then also um, hitting a walk-off home run in the 11th. Um, another guy to point out is Aaron Judge. He started center field now twice. Uh, with really their only true center fielder being Brett Gardner. He's kind of stepped up and said, I can do it. He's also been their best hitter all year. Um, also a really interesting story um, of a guy named Chris Hard-Hitting Giddens. And I know it sounds, that's actually his nickname. <laughs> he was called up yesterday. Right. Yeah. Um, called up yesterday. The Yankees at first base has been horrible. I'm going to ask you to see if you know this. Who do you think has started the most games at first base this year for the Yankees? Probably LeMayhew, right? Nope. It's actually Mike Ford. Oh, wow. Who okay. is batting on the year 133. Oh, boy. Um, so their production at first base has been is 29th in the league. I don't know who's last. If I had to guess, it would be the Indians who have been just as bad at first base. Mike Ford has played, I believe it's 23 games there. He's batting 133. Jay Bruce had a lot of time there before retiring. He batted 118. Um, so Chris Gittens has been racking it up at AAA. Got a phone call at 11.30 Friday night telling, saying that he was going to be called up to New York. Um, fulfilled a big dream, obviously, of his life. He's in the minor leagues for seven years. Wow. Um, and also, this is kind of a Father's Day-ish story. Well, mainly because it includes his dad. His dad never went to any of his minor league games saying that I'm not watching you until you make it to the big league. So he was in attendance yesterday. So oh, I love that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Um, to me, what's going to be a really big test for them, they play Minnesota, the team that they love to spank around. Um, if they lose two out of three to Minnesota, that's when I'm going to start to be like, I don't know if this team is fully there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, can I go back to Garrett Cole for a second? So they, we yeah. really think that he's doing stuff with the ball? I don't know. Um, I think the, the whole sticky thing is like a really big issue now. I think he probably uses something, but I think pretty much every pitcher uses something. I don't think it's something that like, is that a Like there's guys like using like different glues and stuff, but like, I don't think he's using anything like, He's probably doing like pine tar, <clears throat> yeah, or something like that. But I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I would think. I mean, I thought those days were past. I guess not, because I would think that with all the cameras and everything like that, that they would catch that pretty easily these days. But I guess not. That I, you know, I I read that uh, that the umpires were really, you know, getting ready to crack down. That they've sent warnings to every team and that they're ready to crack down. So they must know something. And I think people are also looking for why the pitching reasons why the pitching has been so dominant, you know. Um, so it, it's that that's weird. But Cole would not be one that I would think, 
you know, would be doing anything with, with all his talent. You know, it's almost like Barry Bonds taking steroids. Why would he even do anything, you know? Yeah. Um, one of the big guys that they've kind of had their eye on is uh, Trevor Bauer, who said that, like, he's done things where he can, like, there's a certain mixture of, like, sunscreen, Coke, or something like that. Oh where you Because he's all about really looking at the analytics and increasing spin rate. And a lot of the substances that they're worried about, like, the really, like, egregious illegal stuff, it's all about increasing spin rate. Trevor Bauer increased his spin rate by, like, a significant amount and then became the Cy Young Award winner. So there's a little bit of heat towards him, but I think it's one of those things, baseball, like, let's not make this steroids 2.0, let's kind of nip this in the bud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, when I see my guy throwing constantly 100, 101, even 102, Jacob deGrom, I'm celebrating it, and when way in the back of my mind, I'm like, please don't be doing anything, you know? (laughs) But he he always did throw hard, you know? Um, I was looking back at some of his statistics, because obviously he's been in the paper a lot, um, you know, online a lot, a lot of articles about him of late, because, I mean, what he's doing is just crazy. And, uh, you know, he's been really, really good since 2015, that year, I think he had a 2.53 ERA, and he was 14-8. and eight. That was when he was getting run run support. At least he got some last night, which was good. <laughs> um, you know, but even then, I mean, he was averaging 97-98. So he's only gone up a couple of ticks, you know. As, but as, he, as you get older, though, you don't expect that. You know, we certainly didn't expect that of Roger Clemens, you know. And, <laughs> and we know what happened there. But uh, that's, that's really interesting. We'll keep an eye on that. Um Aside from the Yankees, anything else uh, stand out for you in baseball this past week? Um, I think, well, you mentioned the Rays. They they continue to stay hot. The AL East is very interesting. Um, the Yankees are, I think, three games over 500, but they're in fourth place now. Hmm. Um, the guy to kind of keep your eye on, this is probably one of the the sexy type of picks for AL MVP is going to be Vladdy Jr. Yeah. Guy leads the league now in home yeah. runs with 18, I believe. Yeah. He hit one last night. He's been he's been on fire. He lost a lot of weight. He yeah, said he, he put different. on like the pandemic 15. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, he he's been good. Yeah. Hopefully not against the Yankees, though. Yeah. Um, listen, that I, I, has there ever, ever been a, a father-son MVP combo? I... I I, I want to say not, because when I think about, I know Barry Bonds never won it. Barry Bonds came close a couple of times. Uh, I, I know Ken Griffey Sr. never won it. I'm just thinking of some of the, um, you know, sons of, of of players. I mean, but Vladdy Sr., obviously a Hall of Fame, you know, player, and, and he certainly won the MVP. So uh, that, that'll be interesting to see. He's, he's off to a great start. And Toronto's finally coming around a little bit. Um, talk about my Mets for a few seconds. You know, they, they've hung in. They had a great series against against Arizona. But then, you know, the Padres are really good. And I'll tell you this real quick. I, you know, I really haven't been able to see any of these games. I think I saw two innings or three innings last night because, you know, Saturday night I stayed up just a little longer because uh, I really wanted to see DeGrom. But I, I've been watching the highlights because they do uh, our recap in the morning. You know, they do a shortened uh, game from the night before. So I've been watching some of that in the morning. And I'm so impressed by Fernando Tatis Jr. 
because while there's a lot of show, you know, in him, and mo- probably most of that is he's just trying trying to have fun. The guy hustles like crazy. He he can change a game. He had he had a base hit in the second inning, I think, off the Grom first or second inning, and it really wasn't down the right field line. But they showed how he ran out of the box. It's just way that you know if you ever played any type of baseball, that's how you're taught to do to run hard right from the beginning. And he made it a double. And, you know, he was interrupting the game because DeGrom was sure he was going to try to steal third. He never did. But, you know, with his speed like that, but it was pure hustle. I mean, he just barely got to second. Uh, but and most players would not have run out of the box that fast. He's a star player, and he's just flying out of the box, you know. Um, and, and so I'm, and that's not the first that I saw in this series of him really, really hustling. And so I love to see that from, you know, a player who, you know, people think he's a showboat and everything like that. I don't care about any of that stuff anymore, to be honest. You know, those unwritten rules are really now at this point kind of silly. Let, as, as they said a few yeah. years ago, let the players play. You know, let them have fun. And he certainly is having fun playing. The Padres are a really good team. They're, they're definitely deep. They've got really, really good pitching. Um, you know, they've got a good combination of young players like him. And veterans like you know Machado and Hosmer and Will Myers, you know they've um, they, they're they're going to be a handful to contend with uh, in the postseason. I'm sure they're going to get there one way or another. So, um, but oh, the yeah. Mets, yeah, but the Mets are hanging in. I, I it's hard for me to make an evaluation on them. The 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 big big deal for this week is Lindor is coming out of it. You know he's now batting two seventeen. He's got four homers. Uh, I think he's got now a seven game hitting streak. Uh, he's hitting the ball really hard. So he's had a good road trip. He's, he joked around and said, you know, hopefully now I go home and I'm not going to get booed, you know, at home. So, <laughs> uh, but I don't think they booed him that bad, which has been good. I, I you know, I never like to do that with the home players. Uh, he's going to come around and uh, he's, he's now finally heating up. I mean, it's a new league, whole nine yards. So, um, but the, and the injuries are still, you know, still there, but some players have come back, but. You know they made a couple of nice pickups with this guy Billy McKinney. I didn't I didn't know he was as good as he as he uh, was. He had a couple more hits last night. Um, so it's a former Yankee. It's, yeah, I thought I saw that. I know they got him from the Brewers, but I, I thought I saw that he was a former Yankee. Um, and any player. Yeah, he was. Um, what was it? He was the uh, Chapman deal, I believe. Oh really? Okay. He went to the Cubs. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The Chapman. Fleece, the, the worst deal of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, best worst deal of all time. But um, all right. So why don't we move on to the NBA? Because we, we can get into the Knicks. I know it's a few days past, but um, what, what's your overall thoughts on the Knicks series? I know I know you look at the season as an overall success, but um, what, what was your overall thoughts on the, the whole series with the Hawks? Yeah, well, like you said, I think the whole – the season in, in as a whole, very much a success. They won 41 games in a, a in a shortened season. I think, like winning 41 games in 82, like we would take 500, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think they really showed that this is a building block. My biggest worry is that this is going to get into Julius Randle's head that he's not as good as he was in the regular season. Um, but I think, like, even if they don't necessarily get another star, I think they're showing that they can kind of build on what they have. Um, 
hopefully they can kind of keep a little bit of the score and, and then maybe someone like Damian Lillard might want to come. Um, but I would say the series itself to me was probably the most surprising series. Like you look at all the other matchups that have happened, like maybe Dallas taking the Clippers to seven games might be next. The Suns Lakers, especially with the injuries, we can get more into that in a sec, but like that doesn't surprise me too much, but like, I'm not surprised that the Hawks won, but that it was basically one-sided. I know it was a five-game series, but like to me, the turning point was Trey Young hitting that floater um, right at the end of Game One. Game One, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and truth be told, like this team, I think, did not play that well defense in the playoffs. And that was one of their pinnacles. I think Trey Young ate him up, but also you got to give credit to Trey Young. Um, he's a guy that everyone's kind of said, "Oh, he's going to take that next step. He's going to take that next step," and he did it. Um, the Knicks yeah. were favored. The Knicks were kind of considered the team to go on to the next round, and he he took on the villain role. I saw that he um, he kind of thrived in all the boos at Madison Square Garden, saying that like that kind of helped him play better. But you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, props to him. And hopefully the Knicks will be back in the playoffs next year. Um, yeah. Th- this wasn't going to be a year that they would win the title anyway. Like, they weren't getting past Brooklyn, Milwaukee, no. Philly. No. Even if they did, like, yeah. they're not getting past any of the guys in the West. So, yeah. it's to me, it's a good season overall. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. You know, I, I'll just say this. I'll throw in. I, I thought the Hawks just outplayed them from every aspect. They out-hustled them. They out-rebounded them. And and like you said, the only thing that was more surprising was the the, the defense at times were, was really lacking. But like you said, I want to give the Hawks a lot of credit. They've got a really good team, much better team than I thought. I, I, I'll give them a puncher's chance against Philly because um, they, they really, they've got also a good mix of veterans and and young guys, um, you know, it's, it's Clint Capella. I mean, he's been through the wars, oh you know, with Houston. And, you know, it showed. I mean, he had so much playoff experience, and it really showed. Uh, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. I mean, they, they, they it's a good team. that, I, And, you know, the Knicks beat them a couple of times during the regular season, so it didn't and, – and the Hawks are rarely on national television, so – you know, it didn't. They weren't really on my radar how good they were. So I got to give them credit. Nate McMillan, an excellent, excellent coach. He's been an excellent coach for a long time. Anyway, he's gone. He's just never got over the hump. You know, um, Trey Young. I'll make this comparison. I was saying about this the other night that he's just a, a odd kind of player. Like I can't say what type of moves he has. He just he reminds me of a smaller version of Paul Pierce. I always thought Paul Pierce was kind of an odd player, you know, kind of, you know, herky-jerky type moves. Uh, young, and listen, let's give him credit, he's still very young, and he really stepped up here. I mean, there's a lot of people that would have gotten intimidated by the Garden crowd. He wasn't. He clearly kind of was like Reggie Miller back in my days in the 90s, just thrived on it, you know. Give, give me more, boo me more, you know, and, and I'll, I'll show you what I'm made of. For a player that young, Reggie Miller at the time was a veteran when he just owned the Knicks at the Garden, you know. Um, but I got to give them credit. And I'm with you on, on the on the building blocks. I think that there's going to be players that are going to want to come here. I think I think um, the Knicks have to just be careful because they do have a lot of assets. They, they've got a couple of good young players if they want to deal them that I think teams will take a chance on. 
Um, you know, I think people will take a chance on like a Kevin Knox if they want to deal Mitchell Robinson. I think people will take... I'd be careful about dealing Mitchell Robinson, though, because I think they missed him in this series. As good as Noel and Gibson had been all year, I think, you know, Robinson would have really been good in this series. He's more intimidating in the paint, you know. But um, I think the Knicks have to be careful with what they do. I don't think, you know, just jump at the first, you know, deal. I mean, if, if they if Portland comes to them and says, you know, let's hear an offer for Damian Lillard, I'm blowing them away, right? Uh, because he's a, you know, um, he's a transitional player, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, if it's if it's somebody that's just a really good player, I'm going to be really careful, you know, how I use those draft picks and, and maybe, you know, uh, I would, you know, hey, give me a draft pick and a manual quickly, unless it's, you know, like a guy like Damian Lillard, I'd be really careful. The best free. What about Steph Curry? Would I do that for Steph Curry? I, you know, Steph Curry still, I think, has a good four or five great years left in him, so I probably would. You know, um, but do you think he would leave Golden State, though? I don't know. If he goes to the Knicks and wins a couple titles, yeah, like oh. he would get like LeBron status there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, we can only dream, right? Bradley Beal might be yeah. more more realistic, right? Um, That's true. Yeah, might be more realistic. And I, again, he's another player that I'd have to think about a couple of my really good young players and a couple of draft choices yet. You know, so. Um, so it's going to be interesting what they do. I was disappointed. I, I, I thought that um, I thought that it would be a deeper series. I thought it would go at least six that they would win that game at the Garden. But, I mean, that third quarter was just awful to watch, man. That was, that was just hard to watch. They couldn't do anything right. Uh, what do you do with Derrick Rose? Do you bring him back? I would. Okay. Um, I would probably still kind of limit his minute, minutes. Yeah. Um, I would still have him as a sixth man. I would honestly, I would put quickly in the starting lineup, not Alfred Payton, but that's just me. Yeah. But I think having him on the team really helped kind of change the culture a little bit. Yeah. And he loves playing for Thibodeau, so. Yeah. I think Payton played himself off the team, though. I don't, I don't think he'll be back next year. And, and I like Payton, you know, um, but I, for some reason, the last like 10, 15 games of the year, he went into the tank. You know, maybe he was injured, too, because I know he had some injuries earlier in the year. Um, let's stay in the East for a second, and then we can go into the West and, and kind of transition to Monty Williams. But um, staying in the East, so um, Bucks Nets kicked off last night. I don't know how much of it you saw, um, but it was kind of a dominating performance by the Nets. Even though the, the final score was a little closer, I, I got to see some of the second half. Um, what, what was your initial thoughts on Game 1 in that series? And James Harden is probably going to be out through at least a couple of games, but they didn't seem like they missed him, you know? So what's your overall thoughts on that series? Yeah, I'm going to probably say this now. I continue to underestimate the Nets. Um, Yeah. I thought, especially like Milwaukee, very good defensive team. I thought they would be the team to beat. But right now, I mean, they have like, when I saw that James Harden was out, I was like, oh yeah, the Bucks will win. And then I saw they still scored like 130 points. So I don't know. It's hard to beat a team where they're scoring 130, 140 points a night. Um, Even a guy like Blake Griffin has kind of seemed to hit his second win by just being around like the winning atmosphere. Like Detroit probably sucked the life out of him a little bit. So I don't know. It's going to be a fun series though. 
it is. Uh, I read I read an article this morning that said um, <clears throat> this is like uh, NBA Finals uh, matchup. You know, that's in the Bucks in the semifinals. So it's it's kind of odd how this is kind of shaken out. You hit on an interesting point, and I and I, I was trying to do some soul searching last night, and I don't think we're alone. I, I you know I've I've underestimated the Nets as well, and part of it is like. I, yeah, you know, I don't want to see them win or whatever. And I'm trying to say, well, wait a second. I've always liked Kevin Durant. I think he's a, a all-world, uh, you know, all-time player. I've always liked Kyrie Irving, you know. Uh, I, listen, he if you're his coach, he's you've got to really deal with him because, you know, and I don't think he has bad intentions. I, I truly think that stuff that happens in the world really bothers him. He's I think he's very ultra-sensitive, but I think that... Um, that's okay. You know, I think that he needs mental health days. I really, I, and I'm not saying that, making fun of it at all. I think that's a real thing. I've never been a big James Harden guy, except I really, really like the way he played this year. Because he never used to pass. He never used to play defense. And since he came to the Nets, he's doing both. And he's obviously talented enough to do both. I mean, what did he finish? At least second or third in assists, you know, this year, which is amazing. Who would have thought James Harden was finished? In the top 50 in assists, you know? I mean, he's this guy who never met a shot he didn't like, you know? But I, I admire what he did this year. I, I hated how he, you know, kind of got himself, out, you know, traded away from Houston. But there obviously was some things going on there that, you know, probably the public is not privy to. So, I, and I've always liked Steve Nash. I thought Steve Nash was one of the best, you know, point guards that I've ever seen. I, I mean, he got two-time MVP. So I had asked myself this question, why don't I like the Nets? And and I just, <laughs> I haven't come up with an answer yet. I mean, they've got players that I actually like. Their role players are very good. And, you know, this guy Joe Harris, I mean, he kind of represents the everyday guy. He can't do much more than shoot. But, man, can he shoot, you know? Um, he's just, <laughs> I, but I don't, I don't understand. So, what is it about the Nets? Is it that we felt like they got too many good guys? I mean, Blake Griffin? I always liked Blake Griffin. He comes to the Nets, I'm like, oh, this guy's not going to do anything. And sure enough, he had a great game last night. You know, um, you never liked his commercials. You always used to say he was a little overrated and you didn't like the commercials and jumping over cars and everything like that. But I always liked Blake Griffin. He was a great college player, Oklahoma, um, a little bit before Trey Young, obviously. But what is it about the Nets that, you know, that, that a lot of New York, and I don't think we're alone. I think there's a lot of fans, not just in New York, but all over that, like, Rooting against the Nets. I think it's two things. I think personally, we look at the Nets and say that could have been the Knicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I think overall, the I think in general, fans don't like when you see like the the three superstars teaming up. That's why people always slam the Miami big three. Yeah. Um, when LeBron came to Cleveland and pushed um, Andrew Wiggins out the door to get. Kevin Love, yeah, um, and even last year when the Lakers acquired Anthony Davis, who, yeah. um, like everyone was like, "Oh come on!" Like LeBron's one of the top five players. So is Anthony Davis. Like I feel like a lot of times that that difference in power. Like you look at like, oh well, Kyrie he isn't an MVP, but Kevin Durant and James Harden are. Like, come on, that's not fair. But I'm gonna point this out especially now that both the Lakers and the Heat are gone, this is going to be the third straight year where we have two different teams in the finals. Yeah. We had Golden yeah. State, Toronto, and then yeah. the Lakers, Heat, and then whoever it is this year. So, 
and both Golden State and Toronto aren't in either. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting in that regard. Like the balance of power is kind of there, but also the Nets, unlike a lot of some of these other teams, the big three still haven't played a ton of minutes together. Yeah. So that's where I'm a little like, oh, I don't know if they can make it. But also, I'm not going to – at this point, I don't think I'm going to root against them. I don't think I'm going to underestimate I, them. I, but yeah. who knows? They could end up getting destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last thing I'll say, we, we all should probably be past the superstars teaming up thing because this happens so often. But while, while we had Miami last year who had Jimmy Butler and, you know, several other guys that were very good – and the year before that, you had Toronto, you know, didn't really have three superstars, right? They had, you know, Lowry and Siakam and, you know, just a really good team. For the most part, it seems like the teams that do win the championship are, you know, you have at least two stars on there. And, I mean, the Bucks will be a, a case in point. If they lose here in the in the semifinals, they've got to start to think, how can we get someone else to play with, you know, Giannis? Um because while Middleton and Holiday are very good, they're not superstars, you know. Um, and so, but then again, you see, you know, Kawhi and Paul George having a tough time trying to, you know, get if they get bumped in the first round, they're going to have to reevaluate there. I know Kawhi is a free agent, but I'm almost sure he'll sign back with the Clippers. But anyway, um, let's get to the West. And so... Uh, certainly, you know, Utah certainly stepped up and, and, and did their thing. It's going to be a great series. I think it's them in Denver, right? That, that'll be a great series. Um, so, no, is it them in Denver? Uh, Denver's no? playing uh, the Lakers. Oh, no, Denver's playing the Suns. Oh, Sorry. Denver's playing the Suns. Okay. So, yeah. so, um, so Utah's waiting for the winner of Clippers, of, of Clippers Dallas. Okay. Um, yeah. So, Let's jump right to Suns Lakers. What what were your thoughts there? Uh, we thought that that would be the best first round series in a long time, and it kind of lived up to his billing in some of the games. But here you have LeBron early exit. I mean, what what were some of your thoughts? Um, first, LeBron is fourteen and one in first rounds, with this one being That's the amazing. only one. Which to me, That's like, amazing. I don't know. We don't have to go into who's the greatest of all time, but like. I think a lot of times people underestimate like his body of work. Like he's played in the last game of the year every year for like the last 10 years, except for like this year and the year he got hurt. That to me is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but then also you could tell this, this team, it was LeBron, a hurt Anthony Davis and a bunch of nobodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had seen that. A lot of the guys like Rondo, Dwight Howard, um, who was uh, Danny Green, guys that they were like, well, we want to improve by replacing these guys with better guys. The guys that they got didn't really do much, and the guys that they let walk are still in the playoffs, like Dwight Howard and yeah. Danny Green. Yeah. So yeah. it's very interesting in that regard. Um but I think overall you could say that this – that like LeBron didn't look fully healthy. AD obviously kept getting hurt. Um, and the Lakers are – I hate to say it, but you don't know how much more LeBron has in the tank. I mean, he's, he's getting up there. He's heading into year 19. So this was supposed to be the year that Anthony Davis kind of takes over the team. If he continues to get hurt like that, we're looking at like a – 
pre-LeBron, post-Kobe Lakers team. Yeah. Where you just have kind of a bunch of guys that don't really know how to play together. Yeah. And they've got they've got Anthony Davis for at least another four years. So um, yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they do. It, it will. Um, and and I, the part of me feels bad for LeBron, but he's um, – because I'd love to see him get another championship or two. I mean, he's so bad – wants to get two more, right? So he could be in the same conversation as Jordan. Uh, it's going to be tough, though. It's going to be a tough road if you know to, to do that. You know, the Lakers always seem to figure out to get, you know, players. I, I think they'll probably make a big push for Kawhi. You know, I really do. They tried to get him, obviously, when he went to the Clippers. But we'll see what happens. I think, um, I, I think you were dead on with the guy. I hadn't realized the guys that they let, let walk um, in the offseason – Never been a Dwight Howard guy, but he definitely fit, you know, the Laker team. He, he definitely was in, a, in the best role there. Danny Green just wins wherever he goes, you know, for sure. So um, he was definitely a guy I would have kept. Um, uh, so I, I got let, let's shift to Phoenix. I got to give them a lot of credit, man. They, I, I mean, that's first of all, that was a tough first round matchup for the Lakers, but because of the injuries, is where they wound up in seventh place. Um, or yeah, seventh place. Um, and so, but what 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 are your thoughts on what Phoenix has done here so far? Um, I think you can like we've talked about Chris Paul before, yeah. but the Chris Paul effect is a real thing. I think also like the focus might be on CP three a little bit, but Devin Booker has stepped up here. He's kind Gosh, of the same way yeah. that Trey Young, forty seven points in a closeout game, yeah, is really impressive. Yeah. Um. I think they're going to be a very interesting team to battle with, especially like looking at the matchup with Denver, a guy like DeAndre Ayton going up against a guy like Jokic. It's going to be be very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be a good series. Um, But also like they they got the firepower in Phoenix, and that's not even like a pun on their name, but like I don't know. (laughs) They really haven't been that good since Mike D'Antoni left. You know, I, I didn't realize that they missed the playoffs that many years in a row. I think it was 11 or something like that. Um, and, yep. But it's funny. I mean, you go back to the thousands, the early and mid-thousands, they had Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, and Joe Johnson. They were they were powerful, man. They were all offense. They never got to the finals, but, you know, they were winning 55, 60 games a year. So, but this is a different team. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um uh, so let's shift to their coach, and that's how we'll close out on a real, real positive tip. Monty Williams, I mean, there's not, uh, you know, there's not much more you could say about him, but I just love that he is so open with his faith. Talk a little bit about what you've gotten to know and gotten to read about Monty Williams. Yeah, so um, you look at the Suns in general, they won. 34 games last year, and I believe that includes 8-0 in the bubble. They won 51 games this year, a 17-game improvement. It's amazing. Um, I'm also just comparing them. The Knicks went from 21 to 41 wins, 20 games. Right. So if it weren't for Thibodeau, if this were any other year, I think Monty Williams would sure fire be the coach of the year. Um, and I feel like he really shows that, like, He's giving credit to God in every step of the way. He won, I forgot exactly the award. He won like a coach of the year award, not like the coach of the year. Yeah, the coaches but association when or he said like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he gave credit to God though. He said that like God knocked it out of the park 
and he gets to run the bases. Like, I love his humility and how even despite, like, he's helped kind of shift that culture and to make sure it's more Christ-centric than just self-centric, kind of like the, uh, like we talked about with college basketball. But, like, I think they also really showed that, like, it's all about making sure that we give glory to God. Um, like, he really embodies that whole truth that, like, peace in your life doesn't happen when things are going well, but that, like, you're fully trusting in God. Like, five years ago when he tragically lost his wife in a horrible car accident. Like, it shows that he's still very steadfast and focused on God. Um, and I really do appreciate that because, like, I feel like sometimes coaches, we talked about this when we were talking about, um, oh, gosh, uh, the Mark Jackson, mm -hmm. um, how sometimes it seems like being a very open and honest about your faith can actually hurt you. Yeah. But I don't think anyone's trying to kick out Monty Williams. Um, yeah. I think that you look at him and just kind of how he continues to give glory to God is something that'll definitely stick. I hope for that reason that you continue to see him. Like, imagine if he makes the finals and they're up on that stage holding up the trophy and he's glorifying God while doing it. That'll be so much better. I mean, yeah, it would be nice if, like, a guy like Donovan Mitchell wins his first title or um, Kawhi and the Clippers finally get past the second round. Yeah. But, like, it would be really an awesome story. Yeah. I would love to see it. Yeah, I, he's he's just a wonderful dude, man. In, in any press conference that he gets on, Zoom calls, he glorifies God. Talks about that first. Uh, what you had talked about, um, you know, with his wife, uh, an impaired driver, head on. Three of his kids were also in the car. They all had injuries, but obviously survived. His wife didn't. And uh, I was reading, and, and it's somewhere out there. i got to go back and watch it because I remember watching it five years ago. The speech he gave at his wife's funeral, there were over 900 people there, and he gave a speech on forgiveness and, you know, saying that, he, you know, God sa says that you, I just have to unconditionally forgive this person um, that caused the death of his wife, you know, and he's just he's just been classed from and and I can remember him first three or four years of his career he was with the Knicks you know um he was a great college player who it didn't translate to the NBA he's a very good defensive player but uh he he wasn't a great NBA player bounced around a little bit but he's turned into a great coach and uh, you know there was one press conference that uh in the article I sent you there was a video of where he quotes Jeremiah 17:9 uh because there are people that are, you know, asking about his faith and are curious. So I, I, I love that because the more he talks about it, the more curious people will be. And then they just see his fruit. Um, and he, he says, you know, I'm just a regular dude. You know, it's God that's working through it. He said, you know, I, I want to win just like anyone else. And he quotes Jeremiah 17, 9, where my heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? So basically he's saying, you know, we're all kind of the same there, right? Uh, we all have, you know, sinful stuff in our hearts and, and we're unclean. And, you know, uh, there's, there's another uh, scripture in the Bible that says we're like dirty rags, you know. Um, but he's saying if you give God the glory and let God work through you, you know, great things will happen. And, and great things definitely happening with him for sure. Um, so I, I, there's got to be a team I root for. Not just because of that, but I've always liked him. I've always liked Chris Paul. Uh, I like this guy, Devin Booker. I, I think uh, 
You know, he's he's blossoming into a superstar. Um, you know, Denver, Utah, it, it, Clippers, or Dallas, any of those would be great stories, you know, if they get to the finals. But I think Phoenix, that would be... I mean, he went, you know, to your point, he had 19... It was 19 wins before he got there. He went from 19 to 34, and then from 34 to 51. You know, so, I mean, he's made big improvements in that team right away. Certainly, Chris Paul is a big X factor, but they didn't really acquire anybody big the first year he was there. And, you know, he had 19, you know, had uh, 16 more wins in the year before. So, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what they're doing. All right. We're at almost 40 minutes. So, let's get ready to wrap up. Lots of great things to talk about next week. So, hey, go ahead and... Um, I just saw an alert for this, so I'm just going to point this out. Trey Young, 25 points in the first half. They're up 74 to 54 over the 76. So (laughs) they're going to give them all they can handle, man. Um, Sixes without Embiid, that's going to be tough, you know. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. See what happens. So hopefully, hopefully we'll get a Yankee win tonight, though. Um, but for now, this is Kenny Squared End. Kenny. <laughs> With Sports on the Positive Tip. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. The recording has stopped.